Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. I don't see the red light, Greg. Okay, now we'll be on. We're on, Bob. Blue white breakdown, Maryland week. I'm Bob Flounders, joined by Dave Jones. It is a lovely Thursday morning. The weather's great. Dave, you seem like you're in chipper spirits. I'm glad to see it. Uh, you know, it's Maryland week, Dave. Before, but before we get to Maryland, we got to talk. We didn't get a real uh, chance to talk. We got to talk a little bit about Penn State, Ohio State. I think the fans want to hear from you on that. Yeah, explain well, explain what you guys were explain what you guys were up against at Beaver Stadium because I got a couple questions on Twitter and I tried to explain it. But yeah, I yeah, we we desperately wanted to uh, have a have a uh, Zoom video with uh, you and I, but with the protocols, the COVID protocols for a night game uh, up at Beaver Stadium. There wasn't a lot of room to maneuver. There were still people that were writing on deadline when when Greg and I were ready to do it, like around 1.15 in the morning. We probably could have done it, or Greg and I at least could have done it. I don't think we could have done it with you because we weren't allowed to kind of get in a... And we, we usually move to yeah, a we radio were, we were booth. And, move, and Greg and, and I would have laugh. disrupted yeah. everyone who yeah. was writing. So instead, we just did a... Uh, we did a like a... 12 minute podcast in while I drove in complete pitch black because it was much safer. Oh, I didn't, I didn't, <laughs> I didn't see that. So anyway, people were asking at Indiana, yeah. they, at Indiana, they allowed me to move to uh, Steve and Jack's radio booth, yeah. visiting radio booth. And that's where we did it. That's where I did it. But that's the Jones and Jack Ham, you big timers for the people who didn't know. They, they knew. All right. Hey, listen, so Dave, yeah, the question. Um, let, sure. Let's talk about Ohio State. My question for you is, I think you, you I saw you tweeting about it. Um, I, I have a funny feeling you mentioned it. Is, is Penn State ever going to be able to catch Ohio State in this crazy chase, the way that Ohio State recruits? Hold on, Dave. I just blew it again. Greg, edit this out. Is that Tawny Katane? Uh, no, it was some, somebody on, I thought I turned my phone off. Greg, I apologize. We lost the momentum. Women, the women will Dave. not leave him alone. <laughs> Greg, will edit Greg will edit that part out. But was Penn State ever gonna, is Penn State ever gonna be able to catch Ohio State? I wrote about this this morning, as a matter of fact, and Dan Wetzel, I had a great conversation with him uh, a couple of nights ago. For about a half hour he gave me the idea because it was on his podcast with um uh pat 40 and uh yeah. it, it, that, that's a really good podcast it's a fun podcast and they did about four minutes on you know people have been saying don't expand the college football playoff actually contract it because they're what are there three teams that are that are here and everyone else is down here? Even Oklahoma, who keeps getting into it, can't win a game in it. Yeah, they're it, out. It's they're basically out. Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson every damn year. Mm -hmm. And 
people say, well, you know, it should be contracted down to three. Well, I think part of the reason, and this, this was Dan's idea, part of the reason that those three have gone so far ahead of the pack is the fact that the playoff is only four teams and they keep getting in it. Right. Um, I saw for a fact it with my own eyes a couple of years ago when I went down and saw Brian Bressy and his family. I mean, does he go to Clemson if they're right. not in the college football playoff? I doubt it. Uh-huh. They were only on his radar because they got in it. Mm-hmm. Conversely, if teams like USC and Florida State after 2014, when they got it in one year, um, when Jameis Winston let him there, but not since. And Penn State, had they been able to get in it uh, once or twice, uh, would they have built some recruiting depth? I think the case could be made. Yeah. They would have recruited a lot better because kids want that prestige. They want that cred. They want that that stage, that big stage to play on, not only to get their NFL money, but to, to build their brands, which is part of building your, your money once you get to the NFL. They're very cognizant of that. And everybody is funneling in to those three schools. Those three schools can get whatever they want simply because the playoff is too small. Yeah. If, if we had an eight-team field for, for not tons of other reasons, but if we had an eight-team field, I think recruiting would even out much more broadly uh, you'd have a lot more. You'd have more Pac-12 schools than simply Oregon getting in the top ten. I don't. I'm not sure how they're doing it actually. But USC is falling way off. I think they're back a little bit this year, if I'm not uh, wrong. Uh, but but it's been very choppy for some other schools. Yeah. I think if you if you expanded it to eight teams, then yeah, Penn State might be able to get over the hump. But they would have had bids in 2016 and arguably 2017 if the field was eight. And would they get get Julian Fleming then? And you can make an argument they might have. Would they've gotten some other guys that Ohio State got? Maybe, maybe. But I, I, my question to you: Did you see in the first quarter when everyone was fresh a, a great disparity between the gift, the talent on the field for that first quarter that we that we really haven't we haven't ever really seen Penn State in that kind of competition shock against Ohio State. That was the way I looked at it. I don't, I don't know what you think. Uh, yeah, I did, I did see a disparity. Uh, I didn't think it would be as wide as what I saw, but mm-hmm. uh, uh, it, it, was, it was pretty shocking, especially at the line of scrimmage. Um, Dave, not only, not only would I say Ohio State is, is killing it recruiting-wise, but those teams are also, if they want them, they're getting their pick of the litter with those graduate transfers or those waiver guys. I yeah. mean, it's all, it's all another form of recruiting. Um, and as much as Penn State fans, I think, are still mad that they didn't get in the 2016 uh, playoff after winning the Big Ten, those back-to-back one-point losses, Dave, to Ohio State really kind of, uh, kind of, I think, accentuated uh, Penn State's recruiting demise. I think people saw that they had, they had Ohio State down in both games, double digits, couldn't finish them off. And I think that's, that's, that's all a factor. If they win two of those three games, I think they're doing a little bit better. Um, but you can't, If they win one, you know? If well, they in, in addition to the 2016 game, yeah, I mean, 17 or 18, yeah. if they just win one, and they could say they won two out of three. I just think that all of it has come back to bite them a little bit. I just don't know. I don't know. Uh, I don't know how Penn State's going to catch Ohio State, A, the way that they recruit, and B, 
Ryan Day is a very, very good, especially an offensive coach. I was impressed quite a bit with the way they're developing players. Well, it's, it's, it's pretty easy when you got all those tools, man. I mean, everything works. Everything works. And the one, the one area I also want to ask you this, the one area that we didn't expect to be such yeah. a, a route was Ohio State's offensive line against yeah. or Penn, Penn State's offensive line against right. Ohio State's defensive front. They got beat up. They got pushed around. There were guys that, that, uh, that Ohio State had that I had not even – talking to our, our buddies at Cleveland.com, Doug Lamarice and Nathan Baird, Greg and I talked to them. They mentioned a lot of guys, but I, I'm pretty sure a couple of – when we talked about the defensive line, that defensive tackle who had three tackles for loss, I'm not sure that his name – Idaho kid. Yeah. He, He's he was, Samoan. Those guys – and. That, that number zero who pushed Pat Fryermuth eight yards into the backfield <laughs> and almost decapitated Sean Clifford, I, I had not heard much about him, but it, was, it wasn't one series. It wasn't yeah. one quarter. It was, it was darn near 80% of the snaps. And, and it was they, Alabama they, level, was it not? I mean, it's not just fast. Penn State has gotten a lot faster under James Franklin. Yeah. It's big and fast together which is hard to deal with, man. Yeah, yeah. And then, and then, and then you have Justin Fields, who is just – he was just unbelievable with, yeah. with some of the things he did. Dave, and this is the one thing I wanted to – the one thing I wanted to get to is, you know – Do they keep Justin Fields? There, there's, there's another one, you know? Yeah. This is the thing about Justin Fields because uh, I, I had talked about this, and Ohio, Ryan Day is, is so smart. So, so two, in, in the horseshoe two years ago – he destroyed Penn State's defense running on third and long quarterback draws, fourth and three, he runs for 22 yards. James Franklin says after the game, the difference in the game was Justin Fields' legs. So what does Ohio State do now that their wide receivers are back and he's more comfortable? They use the threat of him running the ball that had Penn State's linebackers on roller skates the whole game. The threat of him running the ball now is actually more dangerous than him running the ball because he's that and, gifted of a passer. And I'll tell you what Ryan Day won't do that Urban always did. He would go to that – Urban would go to that security blanket of Just running, running, the running the quarterback 15 times a game. Yep. Ryan Day is not going to get Justin Fields beat up. No, no. He's it not going to do that. And I just don't, I don't know how you in I don't no I don't see anyone in the Big Ten staying within. Well, see that's that's the thing we're see, talking about the disparity between Ohio State and Penn State. Everyone else is down here. I mean, there's no one close to these guys. Did you watch Michigan? Yeah. I mean, I knew that Minnesota's defense was, was really the factor there because they are pus right now. Their front seven is completely rebuilt. Yeah. I mean, that could be the worst defense in the league. And yeah. in programs like that, that P.J. Fleck has built to his credit, you can't build them all at once. And sometimes you have to work up to a peak where everyone's mature and then you, you're going to fall off. And it was inevitable that they did, but people were acting like um, Michigan's first game was, yeah. Oh, they're back. They're back. Oh, no, you yeah. know, you see them against Michigan state. They look like an ordinary offense yeah. with no juice, man. They're not, they're not going to beat Ohio state. I just can't even see it. I, I, yeah. I don't see it. So who's going to beat them Indiana in Columbus. No Michigan state oh. in, in East Lansing. You know, you've got to, you get to this point and you have to start conjuring back to uh, 2015, which is what I did in the postgame reads or, or some, something. Um, they got to get bored. <laughs> They're going to have to beat themselves 
And in 2015, they got bored. Michigan State, yeah. Ohio State got bored, and they were rolling over everyone. I went back and looked at the spreads in 20. Yeah, I've got them right here. Uh, the they spread. were a better team than the 2014 team. Yeah, I mean, this was the defending national titleists, and they got bored. Um, they were in 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 their league games. They were minus 22 at Indiana, minus 31 at, against Maryland, minus 19 against Penn State at home, the 38-10 game, yep. minus 21 at Rutgers, minus 22 Minnesota, minus 17 at Illinois. They were just traipsing through these games. And then Michigan State, with a backup quarterback, got them on a raw day. I don't see that happening this yeah. year, but it's going to take something like that to, to get them, to trip them up. Greg Picklin, I remember that Penn State, Ohio State 38-10 game. We stayed at arguably the worst nights in in America out in Columbus because they had nothing else left. They were all booked up. They had like the Columbus Marathon in town that weekend. They had, uh, I think the Blue Jacks had, Blue Jackets. Oh, had oh I know where you were. You were up on 270, weren't you? We, we almost didn't, we and didn't, and almost didn't survive the night. There, there wasn't enough antiseptic and there wasn't enough uh, cleaning solution. It looked like someone got murdered in the hotel room the night before. <laughs> did you ever we see the, the did you ever see bad. survive and advance the 30 for 30 about yeah. North Carolina state and where they stayed in Corvallis? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that, <laughs> the, guys were, the guys were going, there was, there was, there's <laughs> mirrors on the ceiling in this place. This is where you bring a hooker. <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's a, that you just stirred quite a memory for me. But you talked about you talked about Minnesota's defense, and the reason that's a good segue is because we I think you learned a lot about Minnesota's yes. defense against Maryland last week. Yes, yes, yes. The, and you could expect that too. Although you didn't expect what we saw out of um, Talia Tonga Viola because he had not been very good at Northwestern at no. all. They lost 43 to three, looked like same old Maryland. Uh, he was throwing into double coverage, just, just tossing stuff downfield willy nilly. And, you know, it looked like the Maryland effect had, had infected him against Minnesota. And you got to take it with a block assault because it's the Minnesota defense. But there were a couple times when there were free rushers coming in on him. And I made a, a, a point out of it in the uh, power pole, I actually posted a picture of what was coming at him. And he just does a reverse pivot. He's out to shoot and runs for 39 yards down the sideline. He is really special, man. He could, he could be one of the best quarterbacks in this league this year. And Penn state's got to be ready for him. They've got to, I think they got to keep him in the pocket. Don't try to put too much pressure on him because he's He's, he's slippery, man. He is hard to get a handle on. Uh, I think they need to contain him more than they need to pressure him and see if they can. he has to throw into that secondary. Because I, th I think Penn State's secondary is a strong point for them. Yeah, their corners, especially their corners. They can get in trouble when they get the wrong person in the slot because teams will go right after Lamont Wade yeah. in coverage. He's a good safety, but I think there's some issues there. Ohio State and Indiana both went after him. Dave, is you do you like – do you like um, – I just don't want to mispronounce his name, so I'm just going to say, do you, do you like to his brother better than Michael Penix, or are they just different? They are different because Penix is kind of like a thoroughbred racehorse the way he runs. He needs a little time to get going. He can be slippery in 
in traffic, as you saw on his run for the two-point conversion that tied the game in at Indiana. But Talia, whose, whose nickname is Leah, that's what they call him. Okay. He is only 5'11". He's a lot smaller. He's kind of built like a pit bull, actually, but he's kind of built like Parker Washington, uh, but has a lot of quickness. He has a lot of burst and a lot of electricity to, to what he does and probably not as, as powerful an arm as Penix, but he also doesn't have to set up and take that long stride that Penix seems addicted to. So, that, so they're very different, um, but I think, I think you have to be more aware of, of Tunga Valoa getting out of the pocket and causing trouble uh, okay. than you do with Penix. Penix isn't gonna try to do that. Penix is like halfway between Dwayne Haskins and Tunga Valoa, um, if, if that makes any sense. I got it. I yeah, got and Tungavloa is is much more dangerous in the open field. He can he can make throws on the run. Uh, he made him again against Minnesota's defense. Penn State's defense is going to be much better than those guys. But you just got to be aware. And then he's got weaponry too. Um, he's got a kid that that my nephew was the quarterback last year, so I know a lot about these guys. Uh, Dante Dimas, number seven. And Jayshon Jones, number six. Jayshon Jones got injured, and he was out for the year last year. He got injured in August. He is really good. Both of those guys can play. They are serious wideouts that Penn State's cornerbacks, th these will be very good matchups with uh, Joey Porter and uh, Castro Fields or, or mm -hmm. whoever's out there. Yep. Um, those are two things to watch for fans. If you don't watch the ball all the time on passing downs for Maryland, watch those matchups because they're going to be very interesting. Uh, the other thing is Penn State's pass, pass rush, which really didn't get home um, against Ohio State at all. They should get home against these guys. I mean, yeah. I mean, Shaka Tony should get home and and bother him. Now, whether they they choose to pressure Tunga Valoa or simply contain him and make him throw into heavy coverage, that's that's a question for Brett Pry. Yeah, uh, let's talk about the other Penn State. Uh, coordinator Kirk Shiraka. not the fan base isn't necessarily very happy with him right now uh, but they 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 Penn State other than the first drive against Indiana um, they have started very slow in the first half of both games a lot of it might have to do with who they played but in this day and age you can't have six points at home against Ohio State in the first half and you can't have seven uh, on the road or wherever against a team like Indiana is it is it is it as simple as the quarterback needs to play better or do you think it's just about all of the stuff it's just none of it none of it's really meshing yet I think Kirk probably expected what we all did that his offensive line was going to be a little better um Sean Clifford had guys in his face the entire game anyone blaming him or saying hey I think they ought to give Will Levis some snaps I mean I think that's nonsense he played a really good game under trying circumstances. He didn't make many mistakes. Right. And he got guys in his face constantly beating him up. Right. He, I thought he played a really good game, especially in the second half. And, you know, you can, I don't know how you can blame Kirk when it's the second week of the season. And you don't really know what you have on the offensive line until you play a team like Ohio State and you think you're going to be competitive and then you're not. I think I thought he – he revised what he wanted to do in the third quarter. They got back in, into the locker room, and that offense played much better in the second half. I don't, I don't have any problem with Kirk Schrock at all yet. Yeah. Uh, how much longer, though, can Clifford 
uh, goat taking the punishment that he's taken. And also um, whether it's sacks or whether it's hits after, whether it's hurries, whether it's hits after he gets the ball loose, he's taken entirely too much punishment. And he technically has 35 carries after two games. It's just, it just seems like it's not a question of if, but when he's going to get what happened to him late last year is going to happen to him again. Yeah, because he's not quick enough to avoid some of these hits, plus his demeanor. Yeah, the way he is, it's almost yeah. it's like, it almost reminds you of Hackenberg. Sometimes he's kind of defiant in the way he absorbs hits. And man, you can't have that at this level. Not against good defenses. This this one isn't a good defense, so he should have a better day this week. Right. Uh, but um, I agree with you. You can't have that happen constantly they the the offensive line is the root of the whole thing this offensive line ought to get push against this defensive line they ought to be able to run the ball effectively and i don't care if they've lost their first two tailbacks devin ford and even the guys behind them should be able to run the ball and their wideouts should be able to to have a really good day against the secondary this is not a good defense i know um it has leaks. It has targets of opportunity in the back four. This, this should be a lot of points for Penn State. Uh, it's the blue-white breakdown with Dave Jones and Bob Flounders. We are almost three-quarters of the way through it. I haven't messed up with my phone uh, in the last 10 minutes, so I'm optimistic. Dave, is this the last – I think Penn State's won the last five Maryland games, but it's the last four games especially have been non-competes. Um, is why do you think Maryland has played some teams tougher uh, in recent years that were pretty good? The Ohio State game in 2018, you know, every once in a while they can give a, a decent team a really good game. Has not happened with Penn State. Why do you think Penn State has just dominated these guys, especially the last four years? Last year, I thought there was a serious intimidation yeah. factor. Plus, um, that team came apart. Uh, when they got down 14 nothing, and uh, they threw the interception when they, they looked like they were knocking on the door. Yeah. Uh, to me, that's a window into the leadership. And it was also a transition year, to be fair to Mike Loxley. I mean, he's taken over. I, I really wondered if they should have kept Matt Canada. I thought Matt Canada did a tremendous job the year before. And especially coming out of, of that horrific situation with Jordan McNair. Yeah, uh, Matt Canada had nothing to do with it, by all accounts. Um, he was blameless in that uh, because he wasn't the coach yet. And I thought he deserved a chance. But this has been a leaderless program from the top forever. And I don't think you can say that about Penn State. I, I don't think you can say that about the, the players on the field. Now, Mike Loxley is really recruiting. So we'll see. But But right now... Maryland's Maryland's history has always been that when they get down big, uh, they didn't quit last week, man. They were down 17. They were down 38-21 in the fourth quarter. And granted, again, against a bad defense. But they kept coming, and P.J. Fleck tried to soak the clock, which was a big mistake. If he had – he could have – you know how you always talk about, boy, if they give the ball to Clifford here, he could run forever – and yeah. some Penn State games, Tanner Morgan could have done that about five or six times, and he would have run all the way to Beltsville, Maryland. But they didn't do it. 
and they didn't kill the game and Maryland came back. So maybe Maryland has a seed of enthusiasm in them that they think they can do something different. The, 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 the key for Penn State is to step on them. You step on them early. They believe they have a heritage of losing. Uh, you just give them a reason to do what they usually do. And, and Penn State should win this game handily. But they do have a different kind of player in Tunga Vlog. They've never had a quarterback like this. Uh, even when they the, the Ohio State game, which was, what, 52 to 51 a couple of years ago? Yeah. Oh, they didn't have a quarterback like this. Um, it was just basically Greg Schiano in an ill-equipped role as a defensive coordinator. And that Ohio State defense didn't play very well all year. Uh, this team can score points, too. If you get into shootout with them, um, you're running a risk because they're going to believe they can score points against anybody. Penn State's defense, especially in the corners, has to lay down the law. Their pass rush has to get to Tungavaloa uh, in a way that contains him. they got to force him up the middle. And Penn State's offensive line's got to show up. Those yeah. are the keys to me. I agree. Are there Before we get to our predictions, is there one or two players that have been in your mind through two games Pleasant surprises, whether I don't know what your expectations were for them, but have either flashed or you're like, boy, they're going to be really, really good. Joey Porter, man, you told me yeah. <laughs> and he just jumps off the field. You know, he, he is very, very confident. You can see when a corner really believes in himself and he's got good technique, too. He's got swivel in his hips. He yeah. believes that he can explode in any second, any moment and get upfield. So he's aggressive. He is right up on the receiver. Joey Porter's like that all the time. I'm, I'm like really, really impressed with him. Yeah. And I, and I also, I thought when you saw Jesse Lakeda come on the field yeah. in, the, in the second half, Penn State's defense got a lot better real quick. Uh, I don't know what you thought about that. No, you're right. He, they did miss him, and I do think he brings a presence, a physical presence, and a leadership presence yeah. to the team. I think he's also a guy that can settle people down in the huddle or tell them to get their act together or hold them accountable. Um, I, I think he'll play better. A guy that I have a funny feeling uh, as the season unfolds is going to be um, a, a bigger part of the offense. I think that Parker Washington – not the biggest guy, but I think that he can – he's going to be one of those guys that can get open almost all the time. He's not obviously very big. He's not very fast. But I just think they're going to need somebody other than – you know, as great as Jahan Dotson looked against Ohio State, his best play – Sean Wade did not exactly play a bad game. He was he was right there on a lot oh, of those It was players. great. It was um, terrific. But, but, but Jahan was out of his mind. He made some great catches, but – it's not like there's a tremendous amount of separation. They're going to need a third component of the passing game. And, and, just, and, and what do you think Parker Washington? What do you think Parker Washington's going to do? He's going to be a slot possession yeah, guy. He's, he's, not he's going to be an underneath possession guy that yeah. um, I think he's built so he can he's absorb. built like a pit bull. He's yeah. built, you know, he's. I don't want to. So he's built like a, a good slot guy. You think of a guy like Wes Welker, like build wise. In other words, they're built to take a little punishment, but they're very quick. They don't usually take a lot of punishment, and I, I just think they get, they move the chains. Uh, uh, Cole Beasley is another guy in the NFL, is a little bit like that, but I think Parker will be better in the Penn State. And, and fearless, right? You think he's fearless as far as I, taking I, a hit? I, I think that like Penn State's it. coaching staff saw that in him. Yeah. And when James and Sean both talked about him, praised him in the uh, in the in the camp leading up to the season, I'll, I'll be looking to see him maybe expand his role, but still. 0-2, Dave, is 0-2. There's still some tricky games left on the schedule. I don't know if you would view this game, 3.30 Saturday, 
at Beaver Stadium as tricky, but how do you see it? And what do you think is the key? I told you the keys, so those are the keys, but I think I think those three things have to happen for Penn State and they can win this game fairly easily. I can't remember what my prediction was now. Let me look Come it up. On, you guys remember? It was, it was, uh, yeah, yeah, here, I got it right here. It's, it up. It, it's, it's uh, Penn State 45, Maryland 28. Uh, what did you have it? Do you remember what you had it? Yeah, I had it 41-20. I picked it, I picked that score not on purpose, but I had the I had the total in mind and it was right around 60. I feel like it's gonna be a pretty nice day in uh yeah, in, good track. Yeah. And I, I do think that Penn State's offense is gonna wanna is gonna wanna score points, and they've actually scored a pretty much every the last couple of years they have been able to score points maryland maryland scored 20 points in the last four games against fed state total. this is not going to be that i i, I guarantee I that this is going to be more of a shootout yeah. i know but i just think i just think they just need a little help from maryland to get this game over the total so i said 41 20 i, I think that penn state is not going to solve all that ails them saturday but i think the stage is set for them to take a, a kind of a big step in the right direction. What is the total? 60. It was 60 when I saw it. Yeah, I'd go over that. Uh, I've, I've got some. Can we talk about the Big Ten before we leave? Let's before do it. We leave? I'll, I'm going to do a lines. I'm going to go back to doing um, uh, picks okay. or just a, a kind of an analysis of the, of the Big Ten lines. There's six games, and, and you tell me who you like. And I am Have free to use it against you. Huh? I'm free Don't to you use point at me. Don't you point at me. Um, <laughs> no, go ahead, Dave. By all means, did you I tell you I did that to, to I did that to Frisco, and he thought I was serious. Keep digging, Dave. <laughs> now uh, I'm going to go over the lines. You tell me. You tell me who you like, but I'm going to do them all in a row. I don't know. Okay. You you've seen them. You've seen them, haven't you? I have You're not seen of, them. That's even better. All right. Um, Michigan at Indiana. What would you make that? And then I'll tell you what it is. Hmm. Uh, I would make that uh, Indiana. I'm going to say Indiana three. That's it. Uh, well, Indiana, plus, I, Indiana I, plus Indiana plus three. No, I would I would favor them. Honestly, I think no. I, it's 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 Michigan favored. Yeah. So I would take Indiana there. So okay. you missed it completely. Yeah. Thank you you, you yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I, I'll admit it. No, I, I think Indiana should be a three point favorite. Well, I think that should be a push. You know. Yeah. Uh, or I mean, that should be a pick 'em. Um, Rutgers at Ohio State. Woo! That's another game, Dave. It's tricky. It's what, was that? Game. what were you doing at Tim Curley? Woo! Uh, I know that this line, I think, is somewhere like in the high 30s. I did see that, I believe. That's uh, right. I, I just I, I think that you will see Rutgers cover this game only because I Board think them. I think Ohio State, and they just kind of want to get through this game, and they're on. Yeah, the they're going to want to get through the season. That's what I'm telling you, you know? Yeah, okay. I would. Is it like thirty? Okay, is it thirty-eight? Like thirty-eight? Thirty-seven. Thirty-seven. Yeah. I would. I thirty-seven points. Uh, okay, so you're going to take Rutgers there. Yeah, uh, I wouldn't touch it. Um, Maryland at Penn State. You are taking Maryland because it's well. Uh -huh. I'm not going to tell you what is it. Well, I know. I know that I saw it on Monday at like twenty-five, but I don't know where yeah. it's gotten since then. Twenty-four and a half. So you're you're essentially taking Maryland and so on. It's just a lot of points for a team that yeah. hasn't put it all together yet in Penn State. Right. Yeah. And and I don't think Maryland's going to be afraid of them this year, really. This is the game I like. 
I really like this game. I'm very interested in this game. Minnesota at Illinois. What do you think of that? Where would you put it? <laughs> I think that Illinois can score some points. I think yeah, whatever the yeah, – I, 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 would, I would advocate for the over, what, even if it's like 98 in that game. Uh, <laughs> I'll take I, – I, I would say the line is probably – Minnesota is probably minus two, and I think that Illinois will probably win by seven. Minnesota minus seven. That's crazy. That's like begging you. That's one of those games where you're going, well, what am I not seeing here? Uh, you know, Illinois is playing a backup quarterback uh, because their transfer out of Michigan got COVID. So uh, they've got this kid. I, I'm sure you didn't watch it, but they got this kid named Karan Taylor, who's like nitroglycerin. You, you talk about tongue of Uh This kid, but, but he's just as likely to explode on Illinois as he, as he is on the opponent. But I think he could have a huge day against that defense. I, I just think Minnesota is going to be reeling after that thing last week at Maryland. Um, this, this to me is too good to be true. I'll take, I'll okay. take all of those seven with Illinois. And, all right, we got uh, about 60 seconds. Minutes. I'm looking at the remaining time. We have 60 seconds, so get to it. What are you, mission control? No, I'm looking at there's a little – there's a Michigan, little Michigan State at Iowa. What do you make that? Uh, I would make it Iowa three. Michigan State will let down. Iowa will weasel their way out of it. They'll win like they're going to win like 21 16. Michigan State's getting six and a half. I like Michigan State there. Yep. And you do too, I guess. And yep. finally, yep. you're Nebraska Cornhuskers at Northwestern. Ooh, they're going to give up a lot of yards on the ground. Northwestern is – I'd make Northwestern six, and I think they win by ten. It's only three and a half, and I love Northwestern there. All right, we're done. A pleasure as always, Dave. Uh, we will chat soon, hopefully Bob Saturday. Flanders, you are a delight. <laughs> All righty then. <laughs>